Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. J.P. Decker is my guest this week. J.P. was a co-worker of mine at The Blaze. Then he left. Now he's back, and he's a co-worker of mine again. <laughs> he's already lived an interesting life that's involved surviving several close encounters with Oklahoma tornadoes, and never mind his surviving life when he worked in New York City. We're going to get to know J.P.'s interesting story next. But first... Let's talk about a man who lived over a century ago, a great American named Frederick Douglass. Douglass was a slave who educated himself to an incredibly elite level, orchestrated his own escape from slavery, and authored a best-selling autobiography by his late 20s. He became a leader in the abolitionist movement and was recognized nationwide for his eloquence and powerful oratory skills. He had welcome access to two presidents, Lincoln and Johnson, and was appointed to diplomatic positions by two others, Hayes and Harrison. His is a truly amazing story of American exceptionalism in the face of obstacles we can't even begin to imagine, which included scars at the hands of a cruel slave master. Well, despite the injustice that he faced, he obviously went on to persevere and excel and do great things for this country. And in honor of this awesome American, the Frederick Douglass is a special micro-lot blend being offered right now by American Pride Roasters Coffee. It's a bean from Columbia that, just like Frederick Douglass himself, is bold and smooth at the same time. I love this. It has a sweet chocolate caramel finish that's going to inject energy into your otherwise sluggish day. you got to try the Frederick Douglass from American Pride Roasters Coffee. I love how they name these blends after great Americans. And this featured blend, the Frederick Douglass, is no exception. So please head over to aprcoffee.com. Try this and so many other blends available for both the casual coffee drinker and the coffee aficionado. They've got it all. And remember, as always, to use promo code ATM at checkout for 10% off. That's ATM, stands for at the mic, when you make your purchase at aprcoffee.com. I know you won't regret giving this brew a try. That's promo code ATM over at aprcoffee.com. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. J.P. Decker joined me this week, co-worker of mine, and he is such a nice guy and um, has the greatest laugh, by the way. And I hope you will enjoy this conversation. Let's get right to it here on At The Mic. Joined here today by, I don't know, can I call you my friend? Yeah, I, I think you can call me that. I mean, I'd be okay with it that. It could go either way. Yeah, I really can. You're really on that line for me, J.P. Decker. Uh, on friend and acquaintance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would Let's say be honest. for a while we've been an acquaintance, but yeah. we might be back at friendship again. It's, Maybe. We'll, all right, well. You know what? Let's see how this goes. I was going to say, at yeah. the end of this, I'll make a note here, and I'm just going to ask myself a question at the end. Are, you know, are we friends or are we acquaintances? Okay. All right, so we'll get to that. I like that. So what is so funny, I find it funny, ironic, I guess is the better word, is that when I was doing the mic check from the other room and I was like, all right, so tell me the day you were born. You know, I was just saying, just give me some audio so that I can see where the levels are on the microphones right. and stuff. And you told a very interesting story. Tell us about your birth, man. Yeah. So uh, 1985. Do you remember that year? Hold on a second. This is a coworker, by the way. Um, 
JP. I yeah, should say that. that. That'd be a good introduction. Here at the Blaze, yeah. Mercury One. That wasn't much of an introduction. Yeah, we'll, hey, tell me how you were born. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll cover we'll cover all this ground, but we work together. Okay, so 1985. So 1985, yeah, March 19th. In California. In California, Long Beach, California, born at a hospital. Uh, the doctor ended up not showing up on time, so I was actually birthed by a midwife. Wow. Who was there? She was like nurse, half midwife, half whatever. Where was the doctor? What was his excuse? He was probably busy surfing or something, you know? Seriously. I know. Looking, If you look at me, if you could see me, you would think that I was definitely not born in California because I have, I don't have the surfer look. I have more of the cowboy look. Yeah. You know, because okay. I lived in Oklahoma for about 20 years. You know, the picture I'm going to take for the thumbnail, you're in a plaid shirt, mm-hmm. right? You got... It's a lumberjack look. Spectacles on. Yeah. So okay. it's always my look when I came into the blaze. I was known as Flannel Man. Fla- really? No, not really. I made oh. that up. Okay. Well, it works. Yeah. Uh, all right. California. Mm-hmm. Surfer doctor doesn't show up. Doesn't show up. And, and you're uh, birthed by the midwife. By the midwife. Everything goes okay? I mean, I'm here. Yeah. I heard it went well. Yeah. Um, you I didn't don't... have any lingering effects from that that you recall, right? No, no. Other than, yeah, no, not at all. You're good? I'm good. You're good. I'm okay. good. All right. Yeah. So... What I found so fascinating, not only the fact that uh, you were born in such a manner, I'm glad you got to the hospital, <laughs> but you, a year and a half, two years ago, yeah, became a dad for the first time. I did. And your baby girl was actually born in a vehicle. Yes. Oh, no. Actually, my father-in-law's Lexus that we were using... Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Yeah. What what happens to a car after a birth? Um, actually, what it. was really embarrassing is my father-in-law ended up cleaning the car himself, and I found that out a few hours after our child was born, and I was like, "Wow, well, this is not the most embarrassing thing I've ever had to consider ever happening." Hold on a second. But it's a fun story. So he's not there to see his brand new granddaughter. He's no. cleaning his car. He, after she was born, uh-huh. he came to the hospital uh-huh. and took the car and cleaned it. Okay. What kind of seats are we talking? Leather? S- leather. Oh, okay. Well, because <laughs> I imagine it, it, the upholstery would Now, be he did bye-bye. say um, once my daughter Reagan turns 16, he's just going to give her the Lexus because how cool is that? That she'll have friends in the passenger seat and say, hey, guess what? I was born in that seat. And I was like, I don't think that's going to go over well with Reagan. But That is awesome. I like the free car idea. Uh, you need to go somewhere? You good? No, I think I'm good. Okay, yeah. I'm just checking your watch there. Right? I know, just, because yeah. it's like, uh, wow, what show is this again? Uh, this is At The Mic. I do all kinds of shows, you know? Yeah. I'm very famous nowadays. How many uh, shows you been on in the last, say, year? Wow. I mean, other than this one, zero. Okay. Yeah. Then your math, you might want to check it. Well, okay. Common Core. So, uh, your father-in-law's car yeah. is where your daughter was born. Yes. And your daughter's name is Reagan. Reagan. You didn't yep. think to maybe switch it up and say, yeah, let's go with Lexus now. Oh, I wanted to. And I definitely, we had a conversation about that in the trauma center uh-huh. where we ended up at. And uh, my wife, Audria, was not big on that. She said, no, we've planned bad. on Reagan. I was like, you understand we could probably get a Lexus free out of this. Oh, snap. Okay. What if you called her Reagan Lexus? Could you maybe get like a used Lexus free? Uh, probably not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's probably all or nothing. Yeah. Okay. So how did that happen? Were you guys, were, were you stuck in traffic? What happened? No. So what happened was we were all about doing the natural thing. So we went to a birthing center, um, which it was the top one in Dallas. 
and we were right around the corner from Baylor University, or Baylor Hospital. Hold on a second. I have no idea where the story is going. Okay. But I think I picked up on something here. Yeah. And you help me out if I'm wrong. Okay. I hate I hate to interrupt <laughs> you, but when you said to me just now, yes, it okay. was the top birthing center in Dallas instead yes. of it is the top birthing center in Dallas. <laughs> you I feel that. like the story doesn't end well here, but go ahead. You caught that, huh? <laughs> So, yeah, we were super excited. Actually, what's funny is my wife was born in the same birthing center. Oh, wow. So, we were thinking, wow, what a great story for our daughter to be born at the same one. And, well, everything was going great. Um, We actually went to the birthing center when the whole pregnancy started or the birth started. And uh, she, uh, the midwife was like, hey, well, actually, you're not ready yet. So, go back home. So, we traveled 20 minutes back home. no. And it got worse. And without going into too much detail, my wife labored for about six hours, pushing for six hours, which if you're a doctor out there, which I am not, um, I do hear that's not a normal thing. And uh, no, you know, no um, painkillers, nothing. Pushing in the Lexus? No, 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 no. We were at the birthing center. Okay, pushed for six hours and they said you're not ready. Okay, sent you home. So um, then we went, so then we ended up going back to the birthing center. And we were there all night, you know, trying to get this, this baby out, but she was sunny side up and she was stuck. And there were a few times throughout the night where the midwives, uh, just kind of disappeared. Maybe went and got a snack or something. And my wife and I are like, what the heck is going on? And anyways, they, uh, would come back and check on us. And then finally got to the point to where they had to do an episiotomy, which look it up. If you haven't, it's very, very painful and uh my wife they did not put all they did not inject her with all the painkiller and so my wife went through that without my wife she is incredible and so right after that uh messed up episiotomy the mid i looked at the midwife and we and i was like we need to go to the hospital and she said we have to go right now we have to get this baby out right now and so we jump up on the bed we were on a bed uh we were on the second floor my wife beat us all downstairs and so then uh, it was my sister-in-law who was with us and my mother-in-law, which they were amazing. And we, uh, my sister-in-law was like, let's get in the car. And so we got in the Lexus, my father-in-law's Lexus. My car, I didn't know where the keys were, so we had to take this one. Bro. And this was 9 o'clock, downtown Dallas, in the morning, during traffic like you wouldn't believe. And so my oh. sister-in-law's driving, I'm behind my wife in the passenger seat, the midwife's in the car, and I'm helping Audrea. So Audrea's in the front passenger seat? Audrea's in the front because it had more space really? than okay. the back did. Right. So well, remember that, Lexus. Next time if, mm-hmm. you know, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Where is the Lexus birthing line? Right. Where the back seat folds into a bed. Exactly. For cases like this. Right. So we're driving. It's about 30 degrees outside. Um, now, to paint the picture, I don't have a shirt on or shoes on. And my wife had a robe on. So this is like, this is very, I mean. This is actually, you're, you're playing the role of California kid now. I know, right? I, <laughs> I look like a California kid. So we get about 100 yards out from the trauma center at Baylor, Scott and White in downtown Dallas. And my wife goes, um, she's out. So my wife ended up catching our baby. And oh no, we pulled over because she was not breathing. It had the cord around her neck. Whoa. And I'm watching this like. Oh my gosh, I could lose my whole entire family right now. Oh my. And um, so the midwife blew into Reagan's mouth. Reagan started to breathe. She unwrapped the cord. And so then the trauma team was running towards us. And 
I said, there's no way I can get to them quicker. So then my sister-in-law ran up to them. I jumped in the driver's seat and uh, the midwife handed Reagan, who's still connected to Audrey and Audrey's holding her on her chest. So I zoom up to the trauma center and when we get to the trauma center, there's like 12 doctors and everyone waiting on us. Audrey's still in the car. Audrey's still in the car okay. holding on to Reagan and I'm driving and they look at me as I pull up into their little, their little circle and like, oh, please pull up more. I'm like, are you kidding me? What? Pull up more? Pull up more? No, get my baby and my wife out. So anyways, they, oh they, they open the door and Absurd. they go, oh my gosh, she's still connected. We're like, yeah, yeah, duh. She was literally just born down the street. But I'm glad I rolled up three more feet. Yeah, thank you guys. <sighs> so they put her on the gurney. We go back to the trauma center. But we looked like, I don't know, we just came, this is a horrible way to say this, but it looks like we just came from a late night at Walmart. Mm -hmm. She was in a robe. I had no shirt on. But <laughs> let me tell you, Baylor, Scott and White, they saved my wife, saved my daughter. And it was scary because they did say um, I could have lost my wife. I bet. And daughter. This, and this so, is what I'm thinking right now as you're yeah. telling the story. Um, thankfully, I know before you tell it, yeah, that that they're all fine and good. Yep. It's a beautiful family you've got, yeah. Um, but I think we've already concluded acquaintance, yeah. Or else I would have known the story before <laughs> if we were friends. That's true. So, all right, so all that, right, so that's one for so that's one for acquaintance. One, let me just make a mark here. Okay, so one nothing so yeah. far on the old acquaintance there. That is yeah. unbelievable. It's crazy. And there's a, there's a long recovery after that for <sighs> my wife, but. Me, it took me like a year because <laughs> originally I was like, you know what? I think we're going to probably adopt our next kid. Yeah, right. And or which I mean, we're still up for that. But, you know, my mm. wife was like, you know, it really wasn't that bad. And I'm like, excuse me. And I was like, oh, well, next guess... time, let's consider like a C-section maybe. Or, you know, let's plan a little better. And she was like, no, it really wasn't that bad. Or maybe we just uh, <laughs> rent an apartment next door to a hospital. A hospital. A exactly. So, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a fun experience. Fun story. I've told it quite a few times yeah. to a lot of people and, you know, it's... And fun's the word you're going with, huh? Yeah, and fun is definitely the word. And Reagan is, uh... Reagan's gonna have a fun story to tell. If uh -huh. she ever wants to tell it, I'll probably be the one that embarrasses her yeah. telling that story. Love the name. Right? By the way. Yeah. So, is your next <clears throat> kid gonna be Coolidge? Uh, Coolidge or Lincoln. Seriously? No. Oh. Not at all. Uh, Reagan, uh, my wife, Audrey. <laughs> Got my hopes up, man. I know. Always Grover. liked it. Grover. Oh, Grover. Cleveland? I was also thinking Taft. No. No? No, that one doesn't work. It doesn't? Me. I mean, no. it could be a chubby kid. It'd be like, hey, Taft. Yeah, but uh, doesn't. No. no? I, uh. I'm not going to sign off on that one. All right. Well, okay. I don't know if there's an issue. Biden, I hear, is a great one. Mm. Everyone's calling their kid Baby Joe. Baby uh, Joe Biden. Are they? No, not at all. I thought they were calling... Uh, their kids, uh, baby Hunter. <laughs> um, have you and Audrea considered baby Chester? Chester A. Arthur? No, no, no A maybe. You might go with A? Yeah, just A. How about uh, baby Millard? Millard. Millard Fillmore. Was, he was the... He was a president. Which, uh, what, 27th president? I don't know, man. Man, if I'm right, that would have been gold. You know what? I will find out for you right now. Millard. Wait, 27th? No, it was before Lincoln. <laughs> 13th. 13th, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you were right there, though. I don't know. I mean, Washington, not yeah. George. Who cares about that? No, okay. Huh. Bush? James A. Garfield. Oh, Garfield. You could go with Garfield. I just like Garfield because then people could say, oh, the president or the cartoon character. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. think anybody remembers that... Uh, uh, people our age may know about Garfield the cat, you know, but... Uh, oh, I love Garfield the cat. Yeah, but like kids these days, like, you know, we got so many young millennials at work oh, here. Yeah. 
Hold on, watch this. Watch this. I got two millennials in the other room. Hey guys, do you know um, who Garfield the cat is? The cartoon? Okay, so Corby does. Okay. Does Daniel know? Daniel, are you familiar with? Okay, well, all right. Two for two. Wow, interesting. Nice job, guys. How old are they? Uh, in their 60s. Oh. <laughs> I believe that I just cut my mic in order to talk to them. That was helpful, wasn't it? <laughs> that was helpful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while we're talking about your family. Yes. I got to tell this story. Oh, good. Because back when we were friends. Oh, yes. Back in the day. Yeah. Uh, when we were, because now we don't work in the same building. Right. All right. But we used to work in the same building here on the old campus of Blaze TV and Mercury One, all that stuff. But... I worked with you and Audria. Yeah. And I remember one day in this very room, it wasn't this studio at the time. It was an office that <laughs> me and a couple other people shared. I remember pulling you in here and closing the door. Do you remember this? I, I kind of. Keep going. Kind of. Wait. Oh, definitely. Acquaintance. <laughs> Again, acquaintance. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember saying, bro, listen, <clears throat> I'm not a matchmaker guy, but I think you should ask Audria out because I think you two would be an incredible <laughs> couple. Do you remember that now? I do remember I was this. sitting right where you're sitting yep, yep. and you're over here on the other side. I do remember and this. And I said, uh, wow. I just think that you guys would be a great match and I just wanted to at least get that <clears> off my <throat> chest so go ask her out, dude. And then you go, uh, Glenn Beck has already beat you to that. <laughs> and it was right within the previous week or so. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me yeah. since we're acquaintances. Right. I can't wait acquaintances. Yeah. Just you know what I'm saying? Not friends. And I'm like, oh, well, Fine, blah, blah, blah. Listen yeah. to Glenn Beck then. Yeah. So it worked out beautifully. Y'all work together here. Yeah. What What were y'all's uh, roles here at the time? Did y'all work in close proximity to each other? No. Or, no so I didn't think so. You want to hear the actual long story or the if uh, kind of short story? Well, um, this podcast lasts as long as I want it to. Oh, okay. So give us Great. a long story. All right. So I started, uh, so I was actually in film school back in 2011, 2010, okay. um, learned under the producer of The Godfathers wow. um, and worked with him on a few documentaries, movies, cool. things like that. So it was really cool. But at the time, I was also working at the YMCA for, gosh, going on six and a half years. Were you teaching classes? or what No, I was a front desk guy. So okay. I was early morning, front desk. I knew everyone that was coming in. It was fun. I loved it. And you um, were wide awake? How early oh, did you wide have to awake. be there? Um, so my buddy, the, my coworker and I... Um, Usually would get there about four thirty in the morning, and we opened up around five, and it mm -hmm. was it was fun. Had a great time, but there was this one time this guy comes in and he worked at the uh, film school down the street and was like, "Hey, I run HR, and I heard you really like movies. Do you want to come check the studios out?" And I of course said, "Yes, I would like that." Yeah. So I went and checked it out. Ended up going to school there, got a job there, and then uh, during that time, I was just really trying to figure out what because I mean, gosh, I was twenty. 627 and totally single i mean very very single driving a 98 grand am and i had really no clue what was what god had in store for me so i uh was just praying a lot trying to figure out what the path was and then my family called me up at the y one day and was like hey mercury one has an internship program and okay. that is glenn beck's nonprofit." and mm -hmm. i was like oh great where are they at? They're like Dallas. I'm like, wow, I'm gonna have to move because I was in Oklahoma. You're Oklahoma, and, for and we'll 20 get, years in and, Oklahoma. And we'll get back to that on yeah. how you got from California to, to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so they, uh, so I tried out for the job at Mercury One, which is funny for an internship, and it's funny because you'll find out what I'm doing now. But 
Mercury One said, hey, you don't belong with us with your background. So in other words, I was like, oh, great. There goes that job. Um, they said, you belong at GBTV at the time because uh-huh. that's what the Blaze was before GBT or before the Blaze. Mm-hmm. And so I interviewed with uh, Tiffany and Virginia Grace, which you might remember them. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, um, we'll get back to you. So a few weeks go by. I came down for Restoring Love. And that was a great event. I looked at my family when Glenn was talking. I was like, I think I'm going to work for that guy one day. And then the following Monday, they called me up and they said, hey, we want you to come down to work with us as an intern, unpaid internship in 10 days. And I'm like, 10 days. So move and quit all my jobs in Oklahoma. All right, let's do it. To move down here. To move down to, to Dallas. To not get paid. To not get paid. What was your plan to pay bills and have a place to live? <clears throat> so I had a little retirement from the YMCA and cashed that out, which obviously that's a great idea to do. At How old were you? <laughs> I was like, let's see. I was 27, okay. I think. Yeah. Oh, you must have been just ready to retire. Oh, I was ready. About 4000 <laughs> bucks right there. Oh, no. So I ended up living with some friends that down here for a while, but they uh, hired me. As a, um, and after a month, they hired me as associate producer. Moved up to senior producer by the time I left. Um, so I was with Glenn for almost six years. And during that time, though, uh, there's this girl in an audience show. So this is when Audrea first came into the picture. She was a member of the audience. She was a member of the audience in 2014. Okay. And everyone in the control room for that show looked at me because she asked Glenn a question. Still haven't found the episode and you try to find it. Oh no. But uh, they said, JP, she's beautiful, she's young, she's perfect for you. And she's a Christian and a conservative. Uh, and uh, so everyone was like, JP, go talk to her. And I'm like, guys, I'm not going to go up to some random girl. Like, I was homeschooled. Right. I don't do that. Wait, okay. Oh. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and that probably wouldn't have looked good having an employee go no. up to an audience member. Yeah, and it just asked her out. And finding out later, I think her mom was with her because they drove or in or I don't know. But I, that would have been even more awkward. So mm-hmm. didn't see her again after that. Six months go by, Virginia Grace walks over to my desk and she was running like Glenn's special um, events and uh, special contacts, like high profile people. And she goes, hey guys, I want you to meet this, uh, one of my new employees, her name's Audrea Taylor. And I look back and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you knew her from the thing? Oh yeah. And then even my all, all my coworkers that were in our cubicle looked at me and they go, after she walked away, they're like, JP, you know that's her, right? And I was like, ah, I know. (laughs) And so I was chicken, didn't talk to her for almost six months. Bro. And so she was working in a different department. And so we didn't really work together a lot. Um, There were a couple guests that would come in and she might know them and we would kind of talk a little bit. But then there was this one day that Glenn emailed me and he was in his office, which if you've ever been to The Blaze, he's got a big glass office so you can see in. I'm in the big hallway talking with Audrea. He emails me and he goes, JP, I'm old enough to be your dad, and I. if you don't ask her out, I will send my security on you. That is hysterical. And I was like, okay, wait a second. Glenn wants me to ask her out. I'm not doing that. And so I didn't do it again. Didn't. Bro. I know. Hold on a second. We got the we got the control room. Yes. We got the here's the new employee. Yes. We got the Glenn intervention. And then finally the acquaintance. The acquaintance. Says something. And, and that's then, when you did it. And no, actually. Oh, what? I know. Then David and Cheryl Barton. Oh, this is hysterical. They dude. say, JP, you got to ask her out. 
Bro. They were like, you're the only two evangelicals that we know and all work in the same area. You really should just ask her out. Is anybody going to Audria at this point saying, hey, this JP guy? Glenn had mentioned it <laughs> that you guys should, you know, hey, what, you know, JP's a great guy. You guys should work on a project together. Oh, so he lied. So, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, well, whatever <clears> works. You know. Yeah. So then I still didn't do it. So Glenn forced us into this. He match made this. So this is how he did it. So for Restoring Unity in 2015, Glenn said, hey, I would love to have a daily Bible study, 40-day Bible study on my Facebook page. And I really need you and Audria oh, to take on. lead on it. Come on now. And so I was like, oh, well, so he this is God. smooth. I mean, I was not going to ask her out. So then... So he used God <clears throat> yes. to get you guys... And it worked. Okay. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and so we ended up working on a proj- on this project. We built a 40-day Bible study for uh-huh. his social media. The first few times, I was like, hey, Audrey, let's... Uh, Let's not let's stop working at work. We're at work all day. Let's go to a Starbucks. Mm. And so I got to Starbucks obviously like 30 minutes before she did right. because I want to make sure I got the right spot and everything. I texted her. It was like, "Hey, what kind of coffee do you want?" And Aww. she goes, "Uh, water." Water? Mm. Okay. Mm. So then I find out later on she was like, "If I chose coffee, it means it was a date." Because you would have paid for it. And I'm like, "Wow." And she goes, "I don't date in like coworkers." Like, oh Wait a boy. minute, do you, if you're an audience member, do you date uh, people that work at the studio? I could have had an you earlier. Blew I know, I Bro, could have. all that time. So long story short, we <laughs> ended up finally, I finally asked her out. Um, bought, she, bought a coffee? Bought a she coffee. She let you buy her a coffee? She did, and then when I said, hey, would you like to go out sometime? She said, well, I think my brothers have basketball tournaments this weekend, so let me get back to you. And I'm like, oh, she ended up uh, texting me late that night and was like, hey, I'd love to go out. Oh. So we went on a great date and Where'd got married. Where'd you go? Uh, we Wait, went, you went on a great date? You got married on the we date? We got married on the first date? No. Got to make up for all that lost time. Golly. <laughs> uh, we went to downtown Dallas okay. and had some food at a restaurant that's not there anymore. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Um, but still. Yeah. It happened. It did. My gosh, man. How many opportunities did you need? Uh, so when I talked to you about her, you still hadn't been on a date or asked it. her out? Nope. Still hadn't. So I just assumed at the time, yeah. incorrectly so, and maybe you would have elaborated more if we were more than acquaintances. Right. But when you said that about Glenn trying to hook y'all up, I figured, oh, oh, good. Well, then I don't need well, to- Well, Glenn's got it. Yeah. No, still hadn't. Man, you- Because I'm chicken. I'm angry. I'm chicken. I'm angry. But look- and look, it worked out. It did. Beautifully. Finally. How did you get her to finally consider dating a coworker, though? Um, that that was just really because of my looks. I mean, look at me. <clears throat> so how did you get to Oklahoma from California? Uh, so long story shorter, I was homeschooled, yeah. and it was kind of starting to get kind of outlawed in California. So my parents... Wow. Uh, decided let's move to Oklahoma because they had gone to school in Oklahoma um, to college. So they were like, hey, let's move to Oklahoma and let's start a new life there. Smart parents. So we did. Very smart parents. Yeah. Okay, because you have four siblings. Four siblings. Small. You don't talk about small world. One of your sisters actually at one point taught my daughter's ballet. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, drifting back into friends. Friends, yeah. But not really because I definitely forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, where where are you on the on the on the rotation there? So the I am uh, I'm third. Third? Oh, yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. No wait. 
No, I'm fourth. So you're, oh, <laughs> I was fourth. I had to think oh. about that one. Uh, wow. So there's an older brother. Older brother. Two older sisters. Okay. And then one younger sister. Okay. So you're pretty much in the middle, though. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. It's fun. Big were you guys close growing yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. I think we were close. And we okay. were homeschooled. So they were also. Yeah. That's I went good to school point. with them. <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah. Right? The homeschool experience. Yes. How did your parents pull that off? Because I don't. I have found, as a homeschooling dad myself, that there are no two families that do it exactly yeah. the same. No, not at all. So my mom actually ended up having to homeschool all of us. So okay. my dad passed away in '92. Gosh, uh, we moved in '91, and then Thanksgiving Day he went out for a jog, and his heart just went out. So it's, it was something that I honestly didn't find out how he died until maybe four or five years ago because we just were like, his heart just went out. That's all that we were told. It's all the story. So then I took, I went to my own cardiologist because I always get checked up like every year um, because I was like, maybe this is hereditary. And they looked at his autopsy and they're like, no, this isn't hereditary. It was a lot of stress that probably caused an issue that he wasn't aware of. Wow. And we, we were pretty poor like we we lived in a very very small house in Oklahoma um, about 800 square feet and there were seven of us and so it was a uh, it was small it Goodness. was a small house but when so when he died my mom took over homeschooling and homeschooled all of us through high school and she did a great job she did the best she knew how to do and um, was this was this in Moore, Oklahoma? Moore, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Where the big tornado hit. Big tornadoes. Later on when yeah. you lived down here. Thank God. Uh, every time, the t- I mean, kind of, but every time there was a big F5 tornado, it would get about maybe a mile closer, half a mile closer, 50, uh, I think the cl- the last one was about 100 yards from our house. Bro. Yeah. Did y'all eventually move? And just uh, say, yeah, uh, I moved to Texas. Then yeah. my family ended up moving down to but Keller. But, oh, they're down here as well. Yeah. Okay, but I'm saying that y'all were still living there then when, yes, when because, that 100-yard tornado came? Yeah, When so oh, when the last one went down, um, Glenn, myself, and a, and a film crew, we went down there to kind of check out some of the damage because Mercury One did a lot down there to help. And I told Glenn, I was like, look, here's the biggest issue with more citizens. And sometimes they can uh, just rebuild. Every single time, which is great. It's always good to rebuild. You have to rebuild your life. But they rebuild it at the same spot that four or five different F5 tornadoes have gone through. (laughs) Okay, but hold on a second. That's different than a hurricane hitting a coastline. Right. But this right here, you kind of play the odds and think, surely this isn't going to happen again. (laughs) Right. No, it's not going to happen again. Knowing my luck, if I had moved to another town, that town would become the magnet for tornadoes. Right. So what do you do? What do you do in the Midwest? You you just hope for the best. Move to Texas. Uh, they come here too. Yeah, I know they do. You, you, I, I can't remember <laughs> if I've told this story before. That's the problem with with me as a host is that I'll tell a story and I have no idea if I've told it before. And before I know it, I've told it ten times. So my bad. It's also called being senile and old. But check this out: when we closed on our house here in Texas, we were living up in New Jersey, working with okay. Glenn up there. Yeah. And so before we moved down here, you know, we'd come down here and checked out the housing market and all this stuff. And we found our house. We literally, JP, we went to FedEx to overnight the papers. We drove back to our house, turned on the TV, and there was a tornado in the town where we had just put papers in the box. And I'm, I'm Googling. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to figure out. Oh, my gosh. So 
who owns this house right now? Do, <laughs> do I need to go down to FedEx and say, give me back my package? Please, yeah. please, 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 please. Anyway, luckily it was close, but not. Didn't hit the house. Didn't hit the house. Oh, that's crazy. That was a lot of stress. You're just thinking, oh I need gosh. to find out the address of this tornado. That's insane. Because it did some damage and you're just like, okay. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so your earliest memory, speaking of your dad, you were young and you had split open your ear or something? Yeah. So our house was so small. We had, you know, different, we had a file cabinet in our kitchen that was just like different tax forms, things like that, because we just didn't have any other place to put it. Right. So I had very long pajama pants on, like almost bell-bottom pants okay this yeah. was early 90s who didn't right <laughs> right i still have those I mean, kind of i'm wearing pajama pants i wasn't gonna say that yeah. you come in here all casual with your flannel top and your pajama pajama pants, pants. anyway so i am running through the house i slip on the kitchen floor <sighs> slice my ear open and uh it Which was pa- what, what talk to me where uh, i think it? it was on my right one there's still a little scar there oh nice but uh yeah so it was it was pretty painful obviously i was yeah. six seven years old and I do remember this because my dad just started working at Sam's Club mm. as a bakery manager. Okay. But we moved on like no money. And so he, I remember we were sitting on the couch and he looked at me and he had, first time I ever saw him cry. And I was thinking, why is my dad crying? And he looked at my mom at one point and said, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, Kathy. I have no clue how we're going to pay for this. And it was one of those moments in my life where I was like, and I'm just six. I'm I'm thinking, and I think back on it now, I'm like, wow, he was struggling so much, but he wanted to provide for us so badly mm. that that was the first time I saw him cry. Wow. So, yeah, anyways, that's uh, not to get dark and... No, no. I mean, it's tough, man. Yeah. Um, it's tough being a parent. I can't imagine being a parent of five kids. Yeah. And in such a small space, how did you guys not, like kill each other basically well we might i mean my brother and i pretty much did <laughs> i mean <laughs> he was he was on the top bunk of our bunk bed probably at 15, 14 or 15 years old 245 275 pounds i was scared for my life that that top bunk was going to break at some point yeah mm-hmm. i'd gladly say this to his face now because he's 300 pounds heavier than i am so <laughs> is um <laughs> Uh, did the seven of you in your family have to share one bathroom? Yes, one bathroom. Yeah. But that was fun. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Good times. Yeah. There's a funny story, actually, about that. Um, when I was about 12, there was, uh, my mom was asking where I was, and I said, I'm taking a bleep. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that was no. the first time, and if you are homeschooled for any reason, you know that cuss words don't go well. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what the word was. I heard my brother use it all the time. And so, yeah, I kind of got in trouble for that one. <laughs> but That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, you worked over on the TV side of things, but you ended up back at Mercury One. Yeah. How did that happen? So, in 2017, uh, when I kind of I kind of felt like I wanted, it was kind of time to move on, and um, a door opened up, so I left the blaze, and it was it was a tough decision. But I was about to get married, and uh-huh. just wanted to change things up a little bit. And about two months go by, and I applied for a few positions. And obviously, this is a little scary because yeah. I'm like, hey, father-in-law, I'm going to provide for your wife, but I don't have a job. Mm. But 
Fox and Friends, Fox News, they reached out to me and they said, hey, we have a senior booking producer position open that we would really like for you to apply for. In New York? In New York City. Bro. And we got we're, we get married June 30th of that year, 2017. So about two weeks before the wedding, I fly up to New York City. I stayed at a friend's house in Long Island. Okay. That friend told me, hey, take this train all the way into the city. Well, he didn't tell me that uh, there was a change of trains onto the, the subway, which gets you to Penn Station, which then you take another subway Bro. down to uh, 48th Street, where you Fox News was. Where'd you end up, man? Oh, I ended up at Penn Station. I was about to say, you probably took it all the way in. And I, I was stayed on the train. This lady looks at me and is like, you know this is the end of the line, right? Oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> What? I've only been to New York one time before. The meeting was at 9.30. Okay. It was 9.30 okay, when so I got to Penn Station. Now, yes. just to paint the picture for those not familiar with Manhattan, you are a hike Oh yeah. from, if you're going by foot now, yep. from Penn Station, which I imagine you are just because you're like, I'm not screwing this up and getting on a train. Well, I thought I'm not screwing this up by getting in a taxi. Yeah, right. Lesson okay. learned. Don't do that. Yeah, oh. Because the I said, hey, take me to 6th Street. Well, Fox News is on 6th Avenue and 48th. The guy starts driving to the east side of, of Manhattan. You're about three miles, right? <clears throat> yes. Okay. And I text my buddy and I'm like, bro, I don't think this is right. Oh no, what is happening? And so I tell the driver, I'm like, you're taking me to 6th Avenue, right? He goes, he should no, be going north. Street, right, north. Oh no. Yeah, and so I'm freaking out. I'm yeah. sweat. I'm in a suit. It's I in bet. August. I'm sweating. No, oh. It, oh, it's in June. And I'm sweating like crazy. And Are you in communication with anybody at I'm Fox? I'm texting. Well, I, yeah, I'm texting people at Fox. And my buddy who helped me get a job at Fox was texting him. was like, hey, he's running a little late. And uh, I didn't get there until about 45 minutes to an hour late at Fox News. Oh, boy. Like, one of the highest positions in media. And you are probably soaked when you get oh, there. Oh, I'm soaked. And the uh, VP of con morning content comes down, and she meets me at the table. And I'm sweating like crazy. And I'm like... Hi, I am so sorry. And they're like, hey, no problem. We get it. If you're not from New York, it, it's a problem. And I'm like, did this, this just happen? The interview goes great. Uh -huh. They uh, gave it a couple days and they, you know, I flew back uh, to Texas and we get married about in a week and they call me and they say, hey, could you move up? We'd love for you to start. Um, and I said, well, I'm getting married next week. They were like, okay, how about two weeks? And I said, okay, three days after our honeymoon. Great. So, uh, oh, yeah, boy. so as soon as we got married, went on a honeymoon to Niagara Falls, <laughs> go up to Fox News, yeah. and we lived in New York City for about two years. It honestly, we look back on it, it was the best first two years of our marriage. Just because it's like, I mean, we've only been married four years, but right. it was just cool because we were able to travel to Europe and oh, travel cool. to, you know, this is pre-COVID, obviously. Sure. So it was a fun experience, but then we found out we were pregnant, and we were like, you know what? I really don't want to raise our daughter in New York City. That's how we and felt we about were, We Houston. were midtown Manhattan, had a great apartment, studio apartment, 500 square feet, 573 square feet, block from Times Square. And you were like, look, I've lived with six other people in this <laughs> right. size. Get this used to a kid. This is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing. So you, then we just ended up, we were like, you know what? I think it's time to go. And Fox is actually funny because I was one of the first ever to work remotely for Fox and Friends. Oh, wow. And they were like, we, you know, we just kind of need help with transition. So could you do that? So we did it. It was great. But then we ended it because um, I was like, I, I, I think TV has been fun. Uh -huh. 
and I've been doing it for almost 10 years, but there is a time for a little change. So where are we now in the timeline? Late 19? Late 2019? Uh, late 2017. Wait, you got married when? 2017. No, late 2019. You're right. Yeah, wow, you. look at you. I mean, I'm We're, keeping up with your life On my side, you you've, you're close to friends now. Hmm. Ended up moving back to Dallas and got a house, two like, dogs, and a car. Literally at the end of 2019? Yes. Okay. And then Reagan was born, uh, let's see, three, no, about five months before COVID. Okay, so she was born in Texas. Born in Texas. Good. She is a Texan. That's good. Yep. All right. Um, so yeah, then Glenn and David Barton found out I was moving back, and they said, hey, we would really love some help over at Mercury One. Oh, cool. And so um, ended up, I, I consult with Mercury One, and then um, I help with a couple other movies, and I work with wall builders, David and Tim Barton. I do a lot of stuff for them. I recall from your uh, email responses, this uh, Jurassic Park, when you saw that when you were eight years old. Yes. And that's what made you want to get into film and TV. Yep. What was it about that movie that you said, man, this is what I need to be doing? And would you ever want to get back into doing that? Or, yeah. Or maybe you're doing some of that now. I don't know. We're so not friends. When that movie came out, I was about eight years old, and my brother bet me that I could not eat Taco Bell jalapenos, like Bro, eight of them. What are you doing? And if I did and not drink anything after, he would take me to go see Jurassic Park. And so I was like, great. And so I did it. We went inside Jurassic Park. And I think the first time that I saw the first dinosaur, right when they pull up in the Jeep and they're just in shock. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly one of the first time we really got to see some incredible CGI, yeah. which nowadays CGI is overused. But mm -hmm. when I saw that and heard the music from John Williams, and it was just in my mind, that gave me such a love for movies and to be able to create something like that, which I was able to do a lot with Glenn and with The Blaze. And we did a, uh, at Mercury One, we did a virtual event uh, last year and it was about an hour and a half long. And it was just able to create something out of nothing is pretty amazing. And to be able to make it to where it really grabs someone's heart to just uh, encourage them to be better. I love it. Um, so anyways, that's what, that's what I've really loved about movies and learning, you know, from the Proust of the Godfathers and, um, Apocalypse Now, like that was just amazing to learn from him and other film directors. And yeah, to this point, I'm kind of helping marketing, um, a couple movies, um, that I just, you know, it's just been a blessing to be able to even kind of get back into that. Now to be able to film uh, something again, I do still film a little bit with Wall Builders and Mercury One and, that's been awesome to be able to get some of that creative side in. And I edit quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just to uh, make films, you know, that make a difference. I think that's uh, pretty cool. So you mentioned John Williams yep. in, in the soundtrack yep. of Jurassic Park. So it's obviously more along that line, not like the Forrest Gump soundtrack. When you talk yeah. about your favorite genre of music, correct? Okay, so you like the instrumental stuff, right? I do. Hans Zimmer. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. See, beautiful. I'm not a big uh, soundtrack guy like yourself. Wow. But that movie, The First Night, um, the soundtrack for that was my study music in college. No way. Like I literally could not concentrate or focus um, when studying unless I put that on. That's amazing. And it's also probably a disorder of some sort. That's a great soundtrack, though. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. What other music do you listen to? Or are you just like, nope, if it's not from a movie, an orchestra pit, then I'm not I'm not. You know, I, I used to, living in Oklahoma, I hated country, mm -hmm. which is very strange. Okay. Then don't keep... I love country now. No, don't do I knew this was I know. Was living in go. Texas, I love country. Okay. I listen to a lot of Christian. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. my, my sister was a Christian radio host. Oh, wow. For a long time in Oklahoma. 
And we went to thousands of Christian, I mean, literally thousands of Christian concerts Hmm. um, because we got in free. So anyways, that was was a fun experience um, in Oklahoma. So a lot of Christian music, um, but I do like the Jack Johnsons of the world, John Mayer. Sure. Is it Mayer or Meyer? I have a trouble with this one as well, but it's uh, it's Mayer. Yeah, I think it's Mayer. Because uh, earlier podcast uh, at the mic, Brian Sack talks about uh, wow, uh, his Brian Sack. former friendship with John Mayer. Oh, wow. I said former. Wow. I would say that you and I as acquaintances are now closer than they are. Wow. You have to go back and listen to episode whatever that was, Bri- what, Brian Sack. What does it take to become a former though? Because I'm considering you'll, you'll that now. You'll, oh, okay. Well, you'll find out when, when you go back and listen to uh, episode 44 with Brian Sack as the guest wow. at, at themikeshow.com, JP. Good old Brian. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, he and uh, Jack Helmuth, who was uh, another uh, guest yeah. on this uh, podcast, um, they do their own podcast now together questionable material this is such a fun podcast by the way i i've listened to quite a few episodes and natasha's was (laughs) awesome yeah because we all worked together yep and we've got some fun stories i mean my first two weeks as an intern Mm. we covered obama's autobiography and (laughs) glenn wanted props for every single part of his life so he wanted a communist <laughs> uniform and okay. me dressed up in a communist uniform. First okay. week, by the way. Okay. First week. <laughs> and then he wanted a uh, dog costume. Of course. I had to travel two hours to get this dog costume. Okay. Which again, Dallas, August, no air conditioning in my 98 Grand Am. Mm. It was fun. And it honestly, fun. it was such a fun experience because Glenn would say, hey, can you get me an alligator? An alligator? Why? And oh, that had something to do with Obama's upbringing. Mm-hmm. And then he also wanted an Anuman god. What, an Hanuman god, which is an Indian god. Okay. Um, and it's an elephant god. And that it, it kind of represented the kind of the Indian upgreen, upbringing of Obama. Got it. I could not find one anywhere. So ended up going to a Indian Hindu temple. And it was so much fun. Wait, they were cool just loaning out this little god? No, they had a gift store. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. And the little lady was so sweet. Uh-huh. She said, I walked in and I they had just finished a service. So I looked like an idiot because I walk in and I'm like, hey, do you guys happen to have a Anuman God? And she's like, she corrected me. goes, Hanuman God. And I said, yes. And she was like, yes, of course. We have one for $500 or one for $70. Did you have the company credit card? <clears throat> 100% did. And we did not spend the 500 I got a little one. Oh. I don't know what happened to it, honestly. I wonder yeah, if... it should be around here somewhere. I've it never seen a, a, a god in this building with all the props we have. Right? I it was so much around. fun, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of sweating then whenever work is involved with you, whether oh. it's the Fox and Friends interview or going to get an alligator yeah. or whatever. Uh, Especially in Dallas. I could not figure out the highways here. <laughs> no. I once got lost for two hours. My car died at a Panera Bread. Hold on a second. Let's revisit something here. Okay. First of all. Yes, you can get lost for two hours in Dallas. Don't judge sure. me. I have it all memorized now. Well, hang on a second. So I just want, I just want, people are keeping up with all the people we're mentioning here. Brian Sack, episode 44. Amazing. Jack Helmuth, episode 65. Great. Natasha Pachetta. Did I get that right? <laughs> oh my gosh. I literally asked her at the beginning of the interview. <laughs> And I forgot now. Pacetta. Pacetta. It's yes, Pacetta. Yeah. It's Pacetta. You, great job. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, uh, that's episode 51, in case people want to go back and listen to all these fun references. Now, as far as Dallas, 
Bro, if you're driving in a straight line from one end of the Metroplex to the other, it's going to take you two hours easy just to go straight right. across. But you're saying, you know what? Think about your trip in New York from Long Island. Yeah. Think about your getting lost for two hours in Dallas. Yeah. Bro, you got a GPS somewhere, right? I do, but have you tried to use... Yes. It doesn't... What? It, it doesn't give you enough time. Google Maps... I have made mistakes. And Waze. Yes. They both say, hey, yeah. take this off. I'm with you. I'm with you. But they say it like five minutes too late. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. But I corrected it. Like, in other words, I, I went to the next exit and I turned around. It didn't take me two hours to do a U-turn, bro. <laughs> what? What's going on? Okay, so, all right. Um, biggest impact in your life, your father-in-law. Tell us about him. Um, yeah, so, actually, right when I had first taken Audrey out on a date, he was, he really started, I grew up without a dad. I didn't have any yeah. real strong men in my life who wanted to speak into my life. And so, he, he, after I met them, said, hey, I'd like to take you out to breakfast. And I was like, okay, great. So I text Audrey and goes, what's your dad like? And she said, he's super laid back, super chill. He just wants to get to know you. And I said, great. So we go and have breakfast, okay? Uh-oh. I sit down. He comes in, very strict, stern face. Oh, no. And he says, hey, JP, how's it going? And I go, great. How are you? He goes, great, great. So you're dating my daughter. Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, yes, sir. I, I would definitely like to continue that. And uh, he said, well, she's mine. And I was like, what? Yeah, well, okay, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I hope to uh, earn your trust. And it was one, I was sweating like crazy on that one, too. Wow, you and the sweat. Called Audrey after and said, what the heck was that? She goes, he said, what? Wow, no way. <laughs> so it's been a big joke. But even. <laughs> was I, he trying to scare you? Oh, yeah, trying to scare me. And uh, obviously it didn't work. Uh-huh. And anyway, so it was uh it was a lot of fun to just really get to know him because he really did speak into my life. He um we would go out, have breakfast, have lunch, and he and his dad made a huge impact on my life. His dad, um, I met them when we were dating. We went up to Tulsa, met with them, and he said, Hey, young man, come uh, have coffee with me. Um did you say, and I I've said, been through this before. I don't need this I was like, again. I think, yeah, that sounds great. What time do you wake up? Like 6 or 7? He said, oh, I'm up at 3.30. Mm-hmm. Like 3.30, all right. Uh, so I'll see you at 5. So I woke up and sat with him in his office. We talked for about two hours. He said, tell me your testimony. Tell me your life. Wow. And uh, he passed away recently from throat cancer, which was horrible. But um, those two men really have made a huge impact on my life. That's and, really you know, Glenn, Glenn also made a pretty big impact. I'm not just sucking up, but... You know, it works. He doesn't listen to this. He doesn't listen He's to this. He's not going to hear this. No. Go ahead. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we we did a lot of Bible studies together. We did a lot of, um, but he helped me in my career. He and Tiffany um, Siegel really have helped me kind of grow in my career over the past 10 years. And um, Keith Malinek hasn't helped me at all. But, you know, that's something we'll get to hopefully after the show. I'll tell you, as someone who works closely with Keith Malinek every day, the guy, he's got issues. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I would not hang out with. I mean, him do you much. hear this chair? He can't. Even, doesn't even know how to oil a chair. Listen to that. That is the Pat Gray Unleashed host's chair. How is this comfortable? Right? Is it not the most uncomfortable thing? Because you have nothing me, has been screwed in. Let let us address this because I I'm going to screw these in. You think he'll notice? Like the handles. <sighs> Go for handles. it. Go for it. 
because people have pointed out how ridiculously high the chair I sit in yes. in this studio. I mean, it looks like he's chosen this to look higher than everybody else. I know exactly what it looks like, I right? Mean, because when they do the wide angle, when when Rob Borowski, um, episode, I don't know, early on, single digits, right? Um, if you want to go and check out that episode. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Let's see if we can get uh, every single episode referenced uh, yeah, during that's a the good course idea. of this conversation today. So, um, no, when he takes the wide shot, right? Right. And, and Pat is in that rickety, nasty I mean, it's chair. It's like from 1972. And, and I'll tell you, but I don't tell the guests when they come in here. Yeah. I don't tell them, hey, chances are by the end of this conversation, your back's going to hurt because yeah. that chair is garbage. How's your back feeling right now, by the way? It feels horrible. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, you know, I know that See, I didn't tell you. everyone at this place has back issues. Right. But if, so now I understand. If we were friends, yeah. I would have warned you ahead of time. I was like, hey, do you want to switch out the chair? But since we're acquaintances, I just let it go and let you okay, suffer. Okay, now think about this, though. Your acquaintances could be movie stars or famous people yeah yeah I'll would you not want to tell them no, i'll take care of them oh, okay i respect got them it. more than you wow well so, i'm kind of famous so this chair here that i sit in right i've got it jacked up all the way and the reason i do is because if it if it is not on that exact highest point yeah and i set it any lower it just slowly over the next three or four minutes will sink down to the floor and then when it gets to that floor level and it's just resting on that that you know ball and socket yeah then it hurts my back so what we're trying to say is office depot if you would like to be a sponsor do you know what this it, incredible do show do you know what it takes for this clown here keith malinak to get something ordered uh for this office in here? i can't imagine uh it's fun is it because people like me and they they, <laughs> they, they, they quickly just jump whenever i say so anyway so i have to have this thing jacked up yeah or else my back is aching yeah. very shortly like yours is now I mean, this is amazing. I really am. This is going to be a great for Pat. Next yeah. time he uses this chair, it's going to be all tightened up. Yeah? Yeah. The other thing about great. having the chair sink all the way to the bottom, then it hurts my knees. Wow. I am a wreck physically. How old are you? Uh, 97. 97. Wow. You look uh, older, actually. I look older? Yeah, than oh, 97. I thought you were going to compliment me. No, that that's not something I do. No. Not too acquaintances. Okay. You got hobbies that... Um, oh. Electronics and running. What does hobbies. that mean, electronics? Okay, yeah. Let's not go to running. I haven't done that in like 20 years. Oh, um, yeah. So, so I, this is an email from like literally, I don't know, maybe a year ago? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, electronics. Uh, I know. That was very broad, but... I love anything electronic. Someone just gave me a Remarkable tablet. Have you seen those? It's incredible. It's not an iPad. I'm not familiar. Remarkable tablets are really for note-taking and uh, what's the other thing that people do? Oh, read books. Uh, also, you can connect it to your Google Drive so you can take notes on everything. And it's okay. the thinnest tablet mm -hmm. in the world. Is that it right in front of you? No, or? this is an iPad. My bad. The other one's in the car. I thought about bringing them both, but I felt like an idiot. It's hot out there, though. I know. Well, let's see if it melts. <laughs> Wait a minute. This, this podcast is not going to air when it's hot, so I'll just pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One of the reasons I'm so beloved around here is oh. because of my relationship with electronics. Oh, because you don't know how to use them. No, I constantly break them. Oh. And I don't know how to use okay. them. Okay. So here's my question for you. Yeah. If I bring you some piece of rando electronic, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. That like I'm having trouble with at home. Yeah. I can bring it to you and you'll It depends on what it is. VHS, just blow in the VHS, it might work. Nintendo original, just blow in the little cartridge. Wait, what year is this? Oh, nine nineteen nine. Yeah, so we actually recorded this uh podcast in nineteen ninety. Yeah, nineteen ninety. And I'm just now getting around to posting it on the old interwebs. Yep. So yep. it might be a little dated. Yeah. So you want one of your goals 
yes. is to run a marathon. Is that not a thing now? It with is. The running? It is actually. But and you're not running. I know. I'm it's because not because you have kids. It's because and I know how busy you are going to stay yes. as a father. So get ready to run a marathon in the senior circuit 30 years from now. Okay? Yes. My daughter was not feeling good the other night, so I was up all night with her, and I, yeah, I, I, I you know what's funny though, day before started back up my gym membership. Have I worked out? I've worked out once. I was literally just about to tell you. You can start up your gym membership all you want. That doesn't mean you're there. Do I have weights in my garage and a boxing bag? Hold on a second. Yes. Let me explain something to you. Yes. As a 45-year-old father of three. Oh, so you lied earlier. You're not 97. As a 97-year-old father of three, you will never have more time than you have right now. Okay? And you have less time than you did man three four years ago so i just should not consider sleeping anymore that's right okay i don't sleep actually i highly doubt you do uh-huh i'm just saying yeah make the most of this time because when you add kid number two you're gonna have even less time and then kid number three and yeah. less time it's not until you're old and you're physically unable to do all the things you want to do that you finally have the time i to thought do them. once you have the second kid the first kid takes care of the second kid and the second yeah, kid eventually takes care of the you third. get there yeah is that how it works yeah don't throw me a curveball here's my example and i thought i made a good point <laughs> it was a great no point. actually it has great been a lifesaver point. that the oldest drives the other two around yeah. on occasion so you're right there is some wiggle room once they get to a certain age <clears throat> so the running yes i have run a half marathon when i was in new york city i ran 21 um, I do like 10 to 14 a day. I was in great shape. Then I moved back to Texas two years ago. and psh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 10 to 14 miles a day? Miles a day. What were you running from? Uh, New York. That's amen. <laughs> I was just trying to get out, you know? Good point. Good uh, but point. my goal is to run a marathon next year because wow. it'll be 30 years since my dad passed away running. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. I'm Your heart's you right doing now, okay, by the way? My heart? Yeah, you're stressed out. I mean, currently, yeah, it's doing great. Okay. What were you about I to mean, say? you're stressing me out, but. Yeah. What did I interrupt you? What were you about to say? Oh, I have no clue. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're here for the listener. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln's Battle with God is the last book you've read. Or Technically, at least it was. that was like a year ago. <laughs> got it. Got it. The last one I read. <laughs> <laughs> What's it about, though? It's a great one. It's it actually about really Lincoln's um, battle faith. with God. Yeah, and his battle with God was uh, started out Christian family. Christian family kind of turned him from God because they were horrible people. Yeah. Became an atheist, and then at the end, which Mercury One actually has the letter from his pastor of. Lincoln telling him, I now believe in Jesus Christ. And this was at the end of his life. I was about to say, it's yep. to be, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, that was a great book. Also, wow. I mean, one of the other books I just read was Mer- American Story, David Barton, Tim Barton's book. Uh-huh. It's really good. Uh, I just started a book on George Washington. I like history. Me too. I used to read fiction and then I realized it wasn't real. What a waste real. of time. What yeah. a waste of time. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not trying to be flippant because you know, uh, there's a lot of good fiction has yeah. its role. It does, but in movies, in movies, <laughs> right? yes, I can take it two hours at a time. I can't devote an entire no. book to fiction. Give me some reality <sighs> with some fake. Hmm. Yeah, like historical fiction would be fun, right? That's a happy <laughs> yeah, marriage kind of because the, yeah. you're going to be always questioning yeah. was this real or yeah, not? Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, but I'm with you as far as reading. Mm-hmm. If it's not history, yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. Hmm. I got some books for you to borrow if you want. No, I'm sure you do. No, I've got a lot. I used to give you books all the time, and you would just throw them in a bin. What are you talking about? Yeah, all the time. What, well, give me some examples. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure about. there was probably a Sarah Palin book or 
some other book that I handed you and you're like, oh yeah, we'll read it. It'll go on the show. And then you move your papers around, put it on a sticky note, put it on your wall. Man, bringing back memories. Bro, I told you I don't read fiction. <laughs> no, hold on a second. No, 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 no. These were books for Glenn to consider Correct. on his show. Yeah, and you're like, were, oh yeah, we'll show Glenn. I did show Glenn you everything. You never showed Glenn. What in the world? This is a lie. I showed Glenn everything that came across my desk. I highly doubt that. Wow. How about that one book? Hold on a second. Friends, acquaintances, <clears throat> and I'm going to make a new column. Enemies. Oh, okay, one. good. So it's enemies. two for acquaintance, <clears throat> one for enemies. Uh, we got zero in the for old friends? friends column. Wow. Well, I can honestly say. Yeah, what, do you, what, can you, what can you honestly say? Coming to your office has always been a highlight. I don't know what that means. I don't well, know how to take every that. Every time I would look around your office and uh -huh. I would say, wow, I'm so glad I'm organized. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> come over here. I want you to see this. Okay. Because to your point. This is, this is to your point. Yeah. Exactly. Because I wanted you to look. Because you just see how gross it is on Pat's side of the room, right? right. Uh, where you were sitting over yeah, there? that's horrible. Pat's horrible, right? Yeah. Okay, here's my side of the room. Pretty, this is yours? Yeah, this is mine. This is. This one right here? Yeah, that's whole, this whole area. No, hold on a second. It gets there's better. cowboy hat? This is all this mess right here. Now look over here. See all this? See all this? Wow. So, uh, to your point. Coffee machine over wait, there. hold on a second. I'm, I'm looking down here. I don't know what this is. What is this? <laughs> what the? <laughs> I didn't know this was down here. What is it? Arm and the, hammer? This was, uh, I'll explain this later. Cleaner? Yeah, except, I forgot that was down there. It's, uh, wow. it's, it, it, it sucks in moisture. Because every oh. office needs that. Yeah. You know, especially when you're. Right. Working in a basement. Arm and hammer. Yeah. This isn't even a basement. I don't know. No, I, but it looks like a basement. It, it feels like a basement. Right? There's pipes everywhere. Sarah, that's not Sarah Palin. That's uh, Nancy Pelosi in a sombrero. Yeah. So, I don't know why Sarah Palin's on my mind. That's interesting. Okay. Um, you don't have any more questions. A couple more. Oh. You about ready for these? Let's see. Uh, let's see. Your favorite book ever is How to Be Like Walt. Oh, Yeah. That, well, I don't know if I'd say my favorite book well, ever. Well, you wrote favorite book you've read, How to Be Like Walt. Wow. Past JP was lying. <laughs> you got some... Uh... <clears throat> He's writing uh, something on his notepad now, and I'm very concerned. Uh -huh. uh, JP is a liar. Wow. Yeah. Dirty, dirty. Yeah. And he put it in his pocket. Wow. <laughs> you just talked about me and post-it notes, man. <laughs> I mean, my life is post -it notes. just a series of post-it notes. Uh, but yeah, alcohol. the Walt book Glenn gave us all... One year, um, at least the ones he liked, the people he liked. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you got one. I don't think so. Uh, but it, it, was, it was a great book. It just, I, I had never really read the story of yeah. Walt Disney. And, um, yeah, I don't care now because I'm bitter that yeah. I didn't get one of those. It was a good book. Yeah, I bet it was. I mean, it's one of my favorites. I don't cool. know if I'd say it's the favorite. Well, then don't lie on your uh, email then to me, okay? Yeah, well, email. I'm going to write another post-it note about you. I'll give you the book. Really? Well, probably not. Well, uh, my daughter would like to be uh, an Imagineer. Okay. So uh, I would absolutely, that's why, that's what I wrote down, nosy. Yeah. Okay. Because it sounds like a book she needs to read. Right. Because Disney World uh, and the Disney company needs more people like Walt. Wow. Which she is. And it I sounds agree. like that book. Did you show her the prospectus that Glenn uh, owns? Yeah. Of the Walt Disney She's original. seen that. Disney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Is, is it safe to say that your favorite app is still Amazon? Favorite app? That was one of the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what's I'd in your cart said. right now? What's in your Amazon cart? Open <clears throat> your little phone there. Oh your... no, actually, you know what's in my cart right now? 
I've got some warning signs because someone broke into our neighbor's house yesterday. So is my say cur- no, nothing in this house is uh, worth worth dying for. Dying for yeah. yeah, it's got some guns on it. Yep. Uh-huh. Bullet holes. Yeah, you're about to meet uh, both God and gun. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so hang on a second. What? What? You moved out of New York City where you had no trouble with no trouble. This sounds like me in Houston and Omaha, right? Mm-hmm. I lived in the hood of Houston, had no trouble for two years. Yeah. Moved to Omaha within two weeks. I had my car stereo stolen. No way. And I mean, we were on the outskirts of Omaha too. It was very strange. Wow. So that's your situation here. Which is weird because we live in a we live in a nice neighborhood, but. These guys, I think, have been trying for a while to get into our neighborhood because we now are pick, kind of putting two and two together, and we know that we've seen these guys before because there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. And what a, what a dumb time to be a criminal in a neighborhood. Oh, stupid. There's cameras, like you said, everywhere. And but they so we were we had the uh, Lexus in our car. So my in-laws actually moved in behind us last year. Okay. Which is great. And uh, it actually helps a lot when they we need someone to watch Reagan. I was about to say that, that's how you get more time. Yeah, and you, we get to use their car. You give your kids to to the in laws exactly. And look at that; they're right there, right there. And wow. so, but the uh, burglars tried to get into the Lexus also, oh, no. which was in our driveway, which made things even more frustrating for this me. Lexus has really been through it. It has. I'm just it saying. Has. It might be time to trade that one in. I cleaned it yesterday and was wondering, is there... No. There's. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so... Um, so that's just, in the Amazon cart. That and uh, I think a gun safe and a couple other things. You just reminded me of something. Uh-oh. And I hate to bring this up. It's okay. Talk it out. Did you ever find out who stole your wallet in this building? Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. No. And I never found it. If you have it... Bro, shut up. <laughs> you pull it out oh, of your drawer. Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, you're getting five marks for enemies. Wow, I forgot about that. Wow. Is this is this the announcement? You had it the whole time. Ta-da! <laughs> did did any weird charges or anything show up? No. Nothing. So how much cash was in it? Oh, you know me. I carry nothing. Was it just mostly inconvenient it was like then? De- debit cards, credit cards, driver's license. But did, did somebody use it? Nobody used it, but I canceled everything pretty quickly. Yeah, but it's so frustrating. Do you think that I mean, you lost it? No, because no. it wasn't in my apartment. Was, it was in my car. It was in, it was in your cubicle. Was it in the cubicle? No, wait, wait, wait hold on. No, wait, you're you right. left it. Yes, which, because when I took it, it was right there. <laughs> right. In the cub- because exactly. Because I, I remember I sat across from you. Because I remember the day you asked around, I was like, "Hey, has anyone seen my wallet and yeah. stuff?" And I remember you were saying it was right there in the cubicle. Now, one thing that I will admit, we all did prank each other quite a bit. Back in the day, yeah, that's um, not cool. And but taking a wallet, if someone did, I still think it was this one guy I worked with. I think he still has it. And after I made such a big deal out of it, I think because I had pranked him right before. Why would he not give know. it back I don't or, know. or put it where you could I, find it? I haven't brought it up. He lived okay. with us for a little bit in New York because he worked at CBS. Now he's at one place. Really? Yeah, he's in, living in DC now. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's gonna. He opened up his drawer. He's pulling out a wallet. Wallet. Right now. <laughs> yeah, no. No, it was. Oh, guys, here. it was so frustrating. Uh huh. So frustrating. Any pictures in it? No. No, unfortunately. So again, it was mostly just an inconvenience. No, thing. actually, I think there might have been pictures of me as a kid. Oh no. Oh no. This is coming out in therapy now. Yeah. Thank you. I need. I needed that. This is good to talk it out. This guy that you mentioned. Let's go find him and rough him up. Easy.
Easy. Although he lives in D.C., so he's probably getting roughed up like every day now. Good point. Almost done here. You've got to enlighten me. You wrote on here. Oh, boy. Gluten-free and dairy-free Oreos. Oh, yeah. Are these really Oreos or are they like faux Oreos? So they're Oreos. They're Oreos. Yes, Oreos. Yes, okay. So I am okay. highly allergic to gluten and dairy. My son is too. Which sucks. My son is too. Now, one thing you might want to try. The pills. Not the pills. Okay. One thing you might want to consider. Which doctor? How'd you know I was going to say that? I don't know. No. So my son in the wintertime can have dairy. You know, what? Christmas time, blah, blah, blah. Because his body cannot handle the outward attack from the pollen and the allergy-inducing plants in the air, right? <laughs> Your wheels are turning. And the stuff he's allergic to, gluten, dairy, stuff like that. Now, he can handle... It's okay, you can yawn. I'm boring you. No, you're not. <laughs> so, but, but, but during the winter, yeah. when that stuff's not blooming, like it is in the spring and the fall, the stuff that he's specifically allergic to here in DFW, like everybody has allergies when they move here. Right. Everybody. Oh, it's, horrible. it's a horrible case. Yeah. But he can handle dairy during those non-blooming seasons. You might want to try, huh. since this podcast is posting in the winter time, mm-hmm. you might want to go home and try some dairy and see what happens to you. Wow. But I mean, if you're like him. Just throwing that out there. I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. Good. Don't know if I want to take a chance, but sure. And seriously. That was my meal, though. Hold on a second. Side note. This is not in the podcast. He's allergic. His peak's in, like, March, April, May. No way. And then again, September, October. And then, like, literally, you should set a reminder right now or post-it note. Watch this. I'm going to post a note. Here you go. November 1 until March 1, something like that. That's insane. And And he's fine? With dairy in the winter, but as soon as he has a problem in the spring, he's like, oh, dairy season's over. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Almost done here. Lucky you. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm having fun, but sure. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, should I I put one in the friends category? You're not going to outpace enemies at this point. Uh, Yeah, I would put two, actually. One and and a half, maybe? One and a half. Yeah. Okay, so 1.5. It's still being outpaced by acquaintance and destroyed by enemies when you uh, accused me of stealing your wallet. Okay, dirty, dirty. Okay, I asked any interesting talents you have or something uh, people don't know about you. Oh, boy. You spoke with long-lost family members of 30 years for the first time? Yeah. Recently? That's been crazy. What? So, um, yeah, there was, there was kind of a falling out, unfortunately, with some of my family. Mm. And when my dad passed away, we just ignored his side of the family. And I really wasn't aware of what was happening and why that was happening. And so we just didn't talk to them. So then um, this past year, it I don't know how it happened, actually. Someone reached out to me. No, I found one of my uncles and because I was looking, I was really trying to find them to learn more about my dad and what he was like as a kid and what he was like just growing up. Uh-huh. And they, we got connected. He texted me, my uncle Dan, no, Bob. And he was like, Hey, I've been trying to find you and I've been trying to find you for years. Was he Googling JP Decker? You know what? That could have been an option. But, uh, but but honestly, like I mean, if would you, you look Google JP Decker, yeah. I don't think it comes up with my face. Oh, really? Other than when I was on Glenn's show a few times, it was like me and Glenn arguing about something on the Blaze. Okay, but but I just I mean, 
you shouldn't be that hard to find. You shouldn't be, but you know, I try to race myself because I am, you know, man of mystery, Jason Bourne. Anyways, yeah. So, so he found you. He found me. We found each other, and then we zoomed. And what was really scary is he looked exactly like my dad. I bet you cried. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I then my wife's crying, and we're on Zoom. And so I spoke with them. I hadn't mm-hmm. spoken to them in almost thirty years. And then he connected me with an aunt that I have honestly met once in my life, and we talked forever. And then uh, a few weeks go by, and then I find out her daughter, who's my cousin, who had reached out to me, but we had never connected, died. And I'm like, what the? Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's very sad, but I know a lot of family. Re- um, rewarding conversations. Yes. You cried a lot. Cried a lot. Did you sweat a lot? Le- I swore, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. your thing, isn't it? It is my thing. It is my thing, especially when I was in the studios every day. I was kind of ridiculed for it. But oh my gosh! Really? Some of us have that's issues. Thing? That's the same some for of you. Us, I mean, right now. Well, don't wear flannel. <laughs> I guess that's the answer. I mean, it's late October. You'd think no. it was the right time to do it, but no, we're in Texas. It's 137 degrees. Yeah. Too bad this isn't going to post till probably January. But thanks that's for, true. Thanks for ruining it. You're welcome. Cut that, that out for the cut audience. That, cut that out. <laughs> uh, let's see. You want to meet George Washington? If you could go back in history. Yeah, I think George Washington and Charlton Heston. Mm. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be He's cool. historic in a way. I met him once. Did you really? Yeah. And he said, get your hands off me, you what? damn dirty. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually, he was, uh, he came to Lincoln, Nebraska when I was, uh, I guess I think I was a freshman in college. Why would he go there? It was a young Republicans meeting. Okay. That makes more sense. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very nice guy. Just a gentleman. That's awesome. You know, just period. Just I'm, a gentleman. I met Fess Parker. Yes. Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett. Yeah. How cool is that? He was very nice. Very tall man. Uh-huh. Uh, but we kind of interrupted. We were moving from California to Oklahoma. We, I mean, I was the biggest Davy Crockett fan ever. So I had my coonskin cap on. Just ironically, or did you go somewhere to meet him? We went to his hotel just to look around the hotel. And my dad said, that's Fess Parker. He's eating breakfast. <laughs> and let's, we have to. I mean, we're here. Yeah, have to. And so we went over and got to shake his hand. And he was very nice. Very, I mean, we interrupted him. So, right. you know. Usually a lot of people be like, oh, I don't have time. But yeah, my eggs are getting cold, kid. Yeah, but we also did have my little sister who was a baby, so it kind of helped us a little bit. Five kids. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Parker. Anyways, he was very nice. How is that? Like, uh, there's a fine line on interrupting celebrities in the wild. You know what there I mean? There is. Yeah. I, like, I, I kind of feel bad, <clears throat> but at the same time, um, I at least had somewhat of a connection. And what I'm getting at is... It was October of 2016, right yeah. before the presidential election. Wow. And Ben Sass ah. and his family, beautiful family, were eating lunch at a Chick-fil-A in Omaha, Nebraska. And my son and I had just gone on a hunting trip up in South Dakota, and we were eating Chick-fil-A on the way to the airport. I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. I have to go and say hello. Yeah. Because I had talked to him as at the time as the call screener for Glenn. Yeah. And so whenever we would put him on the air you talk to with him. Glenn, I would be like, hey, Senator, we talk about the Huskers and stuff like yeah. that, you know, because we're both big Husker fans. So it wasn't like out of the blue type thing. You know, I was like, hey, I, I don't know if you know. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. So, again, super nice guy. You're always taking that risk. Yeah. But uh, anyway. I saw Adam Driver one time in New York City, and they were filming, but... Also, I was like, wait, this is strange. And then, you, you know, you'd see a lot of movie stars and 
like CNN, Fox News people walking around. And you're like, wait, oh, this happens all the time in New York City. Uh, so you can't really say anything. Yeah. Because you don't want to be a tourist. Let me tell you. First few weeks, we were like, oh, it's so cool to be a tourist looking around the city. Oh, past those two weeks of living in New York City, we got so upset with tourists. Like, just walk. <laughs> it's just living. We had that New York attitude. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I had to look up who Adam Driver was. Really? But uh, the Star Wars guy. Yeah. Yeah, the I, uh, Kylo Ren, right? Kylo Ren. Yeah, it took me a moment. When I saw his face, I knew exactly who it was. Those movies were stupid, but, you know, he's done yeah. other things since then. Well, okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So he was able to, to like, a lot of these people get in these roles, and that's it. Former Marine. Wow. Yeah. Interesting wow. guy. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He's yeah. nice. Uh, we didn't talk. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you weren't listening. That's because I was trying to <laughs> find out who Adam, Adam Driver was. was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm glad the audience was listening at least. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm almost done, baby. I'm almost done. Baby. Okay. Well. Wow. Oh you haven't gosh. called me that in years. <laughs> Definitely not putting that in the friends category. <laughs> okay. Um, your most embarrassing moment? Oh, no. Where was this <clears throat> when you walked around with toilet paper hanging out of the back of your pants? All right. We went to, oh, as no. a family, to a Christmas event at the Oklahoma City Civic Center. How old are you? 14, 15, 16. Oh, no. 14 I, or 15. I, I hear a scarring for life coming up. Yeah. It was intermission, and I obviously had to relieve myself, and I did. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we're leaving after the second half walking throughout the Civic Center, all dressed up as nice as possible, and my brother goes, JP, you got toilet paper hanging out of your pants. Wait a minute, the jerk brother? Yes. Well, it was nice of him for once. Like, yeah, yeah but why didn't anyone bring that up earlier? Like, nobody told me. Did nobody it see like it? Out of the pants, on, under the shoe. I had, like, two different spots. It was bad. How big I of a hurry were you in when you I were was in a there? hurry. I, yeah, it was how rough. Long, how I didn't long? know I had gluten issues at the time. Let's just go there. <laughs> how long was the uh, oh, toilet paper? Maybe rolled? half a foot or a foot. I mean, not long. Enough to say, Enough oh, to say oh, that kid doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He just dropped a deuce. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was embarrassing. I can imagine 14 is already traumatic as it is. Yeah. Mm. Especially for me, homeschooler. I only say homeschool jokes, although we probably most likely will be homeschooling our child yeah. because public schools are horrible. Yeah. But uh, it's fun to Yeah, I mean, jokes my, my kids are not socially awkward. No, not at all. More than just the fact that they're I was. my offspring. Yeah. But uh, you are definitely. Yeah. Not was. Not, oh, it, wow. But, but with the homeschooling. Making my own list. There are so many... Uh, opportunities out there yes. to, to to socialize. Oh, yeah. And and I've said this on Pat's show many times. It's like this argument that they're not going to be able to socialize. I'm sorry. Am I a bad parent because I don't necessarily want my kids to be socializing with Lord of the Flies at the public school anyhow? Right. So uh, that argument is trash. Right. There is no argument yeah. for public schools over homeschooling. Nice yeah. try, though. None. Anyway, but yeah. you're right. You you are um, you definitely turned out. I turned out okay. Odd. I mean, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. It is funny how we say, "Yeah, you turned out great." It's like at the end of our life. Like, hey, you turned out great. Yeah. Wait, I still have some life to live. I thought. Right. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. So you are on Twitter. You're not active enough for my like. No, I'm not. It's a uh, J Paul Decker at 
Yep. No, it's at. <laughs> oh, is that how you kids say it? See, this is the thing. He's not on Twitter enough <laughs> to know that the at comes before the J. Paul Decker. He's looking at his watch. He's got to go. He's got a life to live. But uh, anything we've missed, JP? That's a good question. We didn't talk about Nebraska sports. No. You know what we're going to talk about when I turn the mic off? We're going to talk about going to this guy you think has your wallet, and we're going to go and uh, confront him. <laughs> okay. Yes. Anyway, uh, J.P. Decker, uh, thanks for joining me today on After Thank the Mic. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great getting to know J.P. Decker. I think I've decided friends, not just acquaintances. I hope that you feel the same after our conversation there. Could you do a huge favor for me in this podcast and review this show over on Apple iTunes when you get a chance? Your favorable ratings, your kind words, that will help this podcast grow as it hopefully gets discovered by more and more people every week. I would really appreciate that. Now, if you think someone who could use some good conversations in their life, um, maybe you directly send them a link to atthemikeshow.com, atthemikeshow.com. Uh, all the ways that you can listen and catch up on the more than 80 podcasts, on the more than 80 episodes that we have available now, are all right there in one convenient location. I will tell you, I am so grateful that you choose to listen to At The Mike Show. And uh, if you get a chance, if you want to peruse the merchandise, it's available over at atthemikeshop.com. I appreciate you stopping by and taking a look. Hope you'll join us here next week when John Andresik, also known as the musical artist Five for Fighting, stops by. He has lived an amazing life that involves music, sports, and shopping carts. That's next week on At The Mic. Until we sit down and have another conversation, please go be free, and thank you for listening. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to atthemikeshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect.